Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an x-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sharon. My name is Ed. And I'm Sean. And today on the show we are looking at season three, episode 14, Who's Happy Now? Which to me just, I have to go cock me. Who's happy now? You Who's happy, happy now? You happy, Who's happy now? now? That was very Dick from Dyke from... Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find oh, it very oh. racist you doing an English accent. <laughs> oh, that's that's that that's totally fair. I um uh, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Sharon. Oh, oh my no. god. <laughs> How's everybody today? Good. Yeah. Well, uh, well I've uh, I have become one with this chair. The skin yeah. and the leather or pleather. Well, I couldn't afford any leather seats, let alone the <laughs> ethical thing behind that. I couldn't afford yeah. a leather seat. Yeah. Um, they have become one. They have fused and melted together. Excellent. I yes. mean, one upside is that wherever you go, you will always have a chair. That is true. That is true. Um, what a silver lining. That is a great silver lining. So there are no clouds in the sky. I know. Yeah. Be interesting when it comes to going to the bathroom. But yeah, we're, we're going to have to think about how to we'll make adjustments. We'll sort you a catheter out. Yeah. That is great. Listen, if there was ever any two people who I felt could sort me out with a catheter, I think I'm in the right company. You know as well. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about the episode instead of yeah. I mean, this... toiletry arrangement. <laughs> I have to say, this episode is loads of fun. It is, yes, it is. It is. I think like a few points I really laughed out loud. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a re- there's a really serious, very, very serious storyline embedded yeah. in there. But everything else around it is quite fun, which I think we need because we've had yeah. quite a lot of really heavy stuff. But also I know next week's a bit heavier again. So, um, yeah, it was nice to kind of have a bit of a welcome break. And, and I don't know if there's something in the air or in the water, should I say, because Green, oh my gosh, what is going on this week with Dr. Green? Didn't we have a cold open start with Mark and Jen in the shower? We did. He we likes did. a good shower scene. I mean, I don't blame him. Also, I just want to throw this out there. Anthony Edwards, fair play. Someone was went to the gym before this episode. Looking <laughs> quite well during that opening scene, I must say. A bit skinny for me, but yeah. I, for, I, for, I forgot, of course, like, you'd break him like a twig. But... Uh, actually, I, I love that. Just for the benefit of the people listening, Ed's just grinning along the way, like, you know. I was like, no, 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 no. That's exactly what he would do. And I like yeah. that. He knows, he knows. Uh, um, <laughs> well, I mean, Mark, you know, he's shown he's, he's bisexual by the end of the show, I think. I, he true. takes quite a journey, doesn't he? he yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's gone from, do you remember that opening where he's with um, Doug and they're talking about women and, and Doug's like, I set you up with this aerobics instruction. He's like, no, I need more than that. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of gone from this, I need conversation and I need like just one yeah. woman to literally, he's got three women this episode. Yeah. And I mean, we start out with Heather, who was um, from last week, the polo player lady who joins him in the shower with the dog. Um, he takes the dog out and the phone rings and Polly's on the phone. And she's talking about, you know, some date they've got tonight. Yeah. And then Heather joins him and she's like, oh, you know, I'll see you at the basketball. And he's like, oh, damn, because he's literally just said to Polly that he'll meet her for dinner. So even before he's left the house, he has already got two women 
And it's also setting up for a bit of a sitcom kind of juggling lots yeah, of women. Yeah. You know, there's kind of that kind of sitcom yeah, trope yeah. of, oh, I'll just wear this hat and go meet my girlfriend <laughs> in there and I'll take it off <laughs> and put a tie yeah. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. I, I, I was laughing as well because you, you, there's never a question as to if the women are going to meet each other. The question is only yeah. when. And exactly. the payoff is brilliant. Yeah, we sort of we joke occasionally about oh that wouldn't you know if he just did this it wouldn't happen but then we'd we'd miss that little moment of farce later on. I do yeah. love a little bit of farce. Oh gosh, uh, I think we needed it. Yeah, yeah, but you could have yes. just said oh I'll meet oh sorry Polly I'll meet you tomorrow instead if that's okay. Yeah, just call her up and say oh actually. Yeah. Why he had to complicate it all and try and make all this? Yeah, exactly. Um, the amount of times that I've said to someone, "Listen, uh, can we do another day?" Oh, that's why I'm single. <laughs> okay, it, it's all coming together now, guys. Sorry, yeah. I did. I didn't want to say. That's that's all right. Oh, so I'm sad and alone. Oh well, Green's got enough people going. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's got some spares. Maybe if, if you're interested, possibly yeah. by the end of this episode. I quite like Polly. I thought she was caring. Yeah. Uh, lovely accent. Yeah. So she comes in because he basically calls yeah. her up and says, Oh, I'm sick and lies. <laughs> and <Sick>. yeah. <clears throat> um, and then and then she turns up and she's got all this homeopathic stuff, which I thought was a bit funny to turn up at your yeah, yeah. A doctor's with homeopathic yes. stuff. It's a bit like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's still, it's, it's like turning up to your boyfriend who's got, he's a chef and going, here's some chicken soup I made at home for you. Kind of, I don't out know. Out of a tea. Felt, yeah, <laughs> yeah. out of a tea. Uh, some Campbell's here for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could just imagine, yeah, that, that, that aromatherapy scene where, uh, this is not exactly what she says, but it's like, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna look after your chakras. It's gonna help you feel better. You can just imagine Tuni going by at this point, going, uh, "Listen, we need a stool sample." In oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Tuni's quite lucky. She's kind of, she managed to kind of get out of there mm, with yeah, yeah. Mark before he became this like serial player. Um, <laughs> Player. Although he's such a player, so he's got Polly, who's the sorry. We've got uh, Heather, who was in the shower. She's the polo lady. She's got these amazing basketball tickets. Then we've got Polly, who's kind of a bit more of like a hippie, and she was one, she's got some restaurant reservations. And then he meets Doctor Pomerantz, who we've obviously met previously, Neither. but he hasn't yet. She's the new psych lady so she comes down to do a psych consult and instantly latches on to green and i thought is this because he's it's, it's that thing of you know he's in a relationship and people can sense it so it's what you can't uh, okay. have and all of a sudden he's attracting yeah, yeah. more and more mm. possibly i think because he projects she's like, confidence in those sort of situations do you know what i mean and that's always yeah. attractive isn't it yeah because she's like on him she's like oh you know, they start flirting quite quickly about yeah, yeah. divorce and kids and it's like all right okay it's she has yeah in a way, like if it was a different situation, it's quite a sweet scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she has that killer line of because uh, Mister Papillon comes in, who's um, come off his meds, oh, he's yes. pacing, counting one, two, three, um, and she comes in and she's quite brusque and says, "Snap it!" To his elastic band, which breaks him of his habits, I think, or yeah. reminds him to break. Yeah, his I think that's the idea. I think the idea is if you have an urge to for, to do a behavior that's not a good behavior yeah you snap that and that's to remind you to not do that behavior right. do you know what that's funny like that's something i've heard about for years i don't know how that stands in the medical community now whether it's still a thing but certainly that idea of snap an elastic band i've my whole life 
I've heard that as an idea okay. of breaking compulsions. I know um, it because of this episode, to be honest. That's where it entered oh, no into way. my life. Um, what if this is a big full circle moment? Oh yeah. my God, it is. It is. What are you going to um, snap your elastic band for, Sharon? Oh gosh, all the bad habits. My sugar eating, my... Nope, that's it. I'm only... <laughs> Everything else about me is perfect. Excellent, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, so yeah. she makes the joke, oh, can that be used for anybody? Because uh, I've got you know, a daughter who started sucking her thumb again when we got divorced. And uh, Dr. Pomerantz is just, she is, she, she is a funny actor, actor. And she says, uh, oh, I used uh, electroshock for bedwetting. <laughs> and he really doesn't get it at all. Completely and he's like, deadpan, was it she? Yeah, she's like, <gasps> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, yes. For me, I, that's where I would propose to her because I yeah, love yeah. that kind of humour, that yeah, really yeah. Duck, quick and really kind of dry. That yeah. would be it for me. Are you sure it's that? Are you sure you, you don't just love a bit of electroshock? Oh, <laughs> secret's out. That's the other thing I would electric myself, you know, elastic myself for. Um, and yeah, look, it's all... Look, it, you, I've never seen Mark as confident as he was yeah. for maybe four-fifths of this episode. Yeah, um, he's got a real swagger, hasn't he? he has. and brilliant is there's this real brilliant role reversal between him and Doug where he keeps trying to talk to Doug and get advice about women and Doug's like look I've got to do my work can you just yeah. stop you know and it's like blooming neck role reversal uh, or what? yeah like what freaky what in the freaky Friday is this that we still <laughs> switched over um it's uh yeah there, but there, there's a great scene as well that's it's Mark adjacent um, yeah. And it's now I don't speak Spanish, but I have enough of a grasp to kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. know what Chuni and Lily are talking yeah, about. Yeah. I, um, Wendy. Wendy. Oh, sorry. Lily is the actress. Big pardon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Wendy. No, Lily's the nurse. <laughs> There's another, that's Lily Jarvik. Who the hell am it's... I talking about? I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, right. You Wendy. Know Wendy, who is Vanessa, yeah. isn't she? Vin I think Vanessa Marquez. In oh, real yeah. life. Yeah. God, who the heck is. So anyway, Lily is right. the we nurse, back, but yeah. we, will, Lily, we will... Yeah, Lily Jarvik is played by Lily Marie. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know, sorry. I just, he wasn't I, even in the scene. I, don't I just got a big blender and just threw all the nurses in together there. Sorry, oh, everybody. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, so Tuni oh, says, sexo, sexo, sexo. Yeah, it was a bit like, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, apparently. So it, it is suggested that Mark has every reason to be confident. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that exactly. is certainly what I got from that scene. I, yeah, I was the same. I think... They didn't subtitle it because the the context the subtext was there. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. and it, it, it it's funnier without, I guess. Like it, yeah. it was quite nice to 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 kind of see that. Um, because what's brilliant about that moment is Mark does then just walk up and they both have to act very innocent. He's a bit like, <laughs> oh, he asks that. Oh, where's Doug? And they're like, oh, he's like, you guys okay? They're like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We, we're literally we're not just talking about you and your, you know, performance. Sexo, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds um, like 666, which is maybe, you know, he has got a goatee. Well, then he's got a birthmark. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the shape of 666. <laughs> um, like, but the thing is, you got, like with Tuni, she's got such a mischievous glint all the time that yes. he, he knew. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. He, yeah I love that about Chuni though she's got that mischievous glint but then when she like when she was dating Mark she was so kind of like oh I want you to come and meet my parents yeah. and meet my brothers you know it was all very innocent and, yeah. mm. uh, which I thought was was really quite funny um but yeah I mean so he's 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 got these three ladies he's made dates with all of them he calls up 
Polly to say, pretend he's sick, and he's Dr. <laughs> Pomerantz is going to meet for a drink, and then he's going to go to basketball with Heather. Polly yeah, turns look, up. It's like, yeah. yeah, sorry, carry on. I was, I, I think, I, I would love to hear, are, are you in either the same boat as me or a different? Who the heck arranges drinks either before another date, which is a terrible idea, yeah. or even after another date? It's just like, no, it, do it yeah. a different night. If you're Just going to no. do this, do yeah. it a different night. Because she actually, she didn't say to him, like, let's meet tonight and otherwise it'll never happen. She said, I've got reservations, but he can't make dinner. Yeah. So he actually changes it to drink. So it's not like they had reservations that he yeah. could only do that day. Mm. I think this is him being very greedy and thinking, you know, he's a bit invincible and he can do drinks here and then do basketball, yeah. then meet up with this one later. And But yeah, I mean, surely you're just setting yourself up for, you know, some kind of handover or swap or meeting of yeah, the two yeah. people as you kind of go from one to the other. You want to say to him, hey Mark, have you heard other days of the week? <laughs> oh, you've, you've lost me there. You've lost me there. <laughs> <laughs> that famous one day week they have in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. And then we have this, as you say, you know, it's it, a really fast come moment. So all of a sudden um, Polly turns up with all the, you know, the, aromatherapy and homeopath stuff so he's trying to shove her into the doctor's lounge dr pomerantz comes down because there's another patient and he's like oh i'll just yeah you go that way and then heather turns up because she's got even better basketball seats uh and she, he goes and puts her behind a curtain um and he then hides her yeah he does. Yeah. and then he's talking to dr pomerantz and polly goes to speak goes to the admit desk so jerry's kind of paging dr green <laughs> And he's having quite a loud conversation. And obviously we know that behind the curtain, it's all very Shakespeare, you know, behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. um, and then, you know, obviously, and then Polly and Dr. Pomerantz know each other, which yes. is, is, is the danger. We don't danger. find out where from though, do we? No. No, we just that they were just that they were friends before. Yeah. 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 And they're both kind of go, oh, this is Mark. We're, we're, I'm dating him. And that's when they realise they're not in the curtain. You know Mark. You yeah. know Mark. <laughs> and from behind the curtain, you know Mark. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant moment, isn't it? It's, it's, it's quite funny. And, and there's nothing he can say. Literally. He, uh, there, there's nothing. And, you know, they all leave him. And good. he tries to, like, he's got these reservations. Um, so he's trying to find someone to go with him. He asks... Junie, she's a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pomerantz comes down again and you think, oh, maybe this might be a bit of a, but that's where she comes down and tells him, you know, if you ever feel the need to date three women at once, yeah, remember yeah. to snap it and gives him an elastic band. She says, oh yeah, I've got, um, I've got a spot in my sex addicts and compulsive liars yeah. therapy group. I, like, I, I think she's my favourite. I love she's her. Brilliant. I love yeah, her. Yeah. She's um, having none of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, that's how you'd love to be. I'd love to be able to be like that. Just so cool yeah. and confident, have those kind of lines just. Um, so he ends up on a date with somebody very, very different. Mm-hmm. But new couple alert. I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys feel like that. Arguably <laughs> happiest potential ending he could have had. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've got great chemistry. He, there's him and Doug. And Doug oh. needs... A champagne dinner, you know. He needs stable influence like Mark. Do you know what I mean? Although in this in this episode it's the other way around. Um but it's really cute to see them their friends and they're kind of having this really lovely dinner and celebrating, kind of laughing at Mark's situation. And it's it's quite a sweet little end to this kind of comedy. Yeah. 
yeah. thing that's run through. I'm just don't they have a like when they go out on the road in the much later season, there's an yeah. episode where they go out. Don't they have like a little wrestle in the bedroom? Of the, of the I think hotel. you're right, yeah. Now I'm saying, uh, hello, uh, I don't remember I'm that, saying... but I will be watching that this evening. <laughs> um, it's the heat. Oh, so yeah, Green's very, very occupied this this week, kind of juggling all those different people. Um, where do you want to go next? Do you want to do kind of Carter Benton, or do you want to go Doug? Serious. Back up to fun with yeah. Should we go yeah, to that's Doug? Good idea. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Um, so Doug. Uh, so I know this was we we probably all have looked at the IMDb trivia, so we were all on the same page when because Doug rocks up with a walking cane. Yeah, now, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but George Clooney probably didn't normally need a walking cane. <laughs> uh, he had twisted his ankle or uh, something the week oh, before filming, like in IRL. real life. Okay. Yeah. yeah, all right. Um, and so they had to set to write in. Like, uh, he was playing basketball or something. Yeah. But it does, it allows for a great gag. Oh, and it's a callback yeah. as well to season two when yeah. he had made a very unfunny joke about yeah. when Carrie was yeah. rubbing people up the wrong way and yeah. he yeah. pretended to act like her. So he comes in with the walking stick and walks beside her and she just goes, Doug, that's not funny. Like, yeah. We've talked yeah. about this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, I twisted my ankle. It's actually legit this time. Yeah, I'm not being a was, punk. It, it was really funny because they have this, it, they do, they walk next to each other for a bit, so they're like mirroring each other. Yeah, so yeah. This, it feels so comedic. Um, but also just before that, when he's walking in, he's talking to Malik and about the fact that he hurt himself playing basketball. And Malik says, also, white men, white men can jump. They just can't land, which yeah. is also a really good... <laughs> A good line. But yeah, it's it's a real funny kind of Doug Carey kind of A, to see how they've kind of grown a, yeah. a bit more. Mm, mm. Um, and also, you know, if she really did believe he was doing that as a joke, she was taking it in a better natured way than she was, yes. she did last yes. time. Well, she um, was hurt, like, and understandably so. God, yeah. Whereas this time she's probably like, Doug, I have no time for your Tom <laughs> Fool today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, he just wants some attention. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, a choking child comes in. Um, mm. They bring this little boy in who's, who's choking and, and Doug and Weaver have to kind of spring into action. And it's nice to see because we don't often see these two kind of working together in, in, in a space. And, and we get Doug being quite like, he comes up with a really unusual way of basically removing the item that has been lodged in the boy's um mm. throat it's a, i think it's a ball from the jacks um yeah. and and it's great because it's less invasive but also i always love it when somebody kind of teaches weaver something you know because she's just yeah. so shit hot on everything it's yeah, quite cool when is. somebody comes in and goes oh have let's think yeah. about it a different way instead of doing this invasive trach- tracheotomy which is you know an extended stay in in ice in you know pick you and things like that he yeah. just kind of puts a needle in and just kind of levers the ball out. Which yeah. is... It's a great idea. It must be like, in reality, it must be so tricky because if you go too far and you go straight through the back of the esophagus, you yeah. don't go far enough and you can end up scarring the front of the esophagus. And he just kind of nails it. And I love the way Kerry just goes, what, what possessed yeah, yeah. you to try that? And he's just like, just, just had a hunch. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, and Ed, you're right. You, you're right in saying like, you know, a, you know, a tracheotomy would have been Technically, yeah. it would have been exactly the right thing to do. And yeah. were Weaver on her own, it was textbook, totally the right thing, no problem, nobody'd ever question it. 
and yet this tiny little bit of unorthodox thinking and yeah. kids fine yeah uh, yeah and it and it's and i think also i really love it when we've underestimated somebody and they show her why they're good and you kind of yeah. watch him and you go this is why we love doug you know this is a moment where he's this is the best of doug isn't it it's, yes. it, it, it's one of those moments um and then you know he well there's this quite funny scene because he's in the doctor's lounge just trying to have a break and wendy comes in and starts telling him about all oh, the yes. most disgusting things in the world going on. And yeah, yeah, he just wants to get out of there. Medical personnel pick their nose on average three times an hour. Oof. Is that all? Um, yeah, exactly. It's like, I've picked it four didn't... times since this pod started. <laughs> but how do He's got his finger get... up his nose right now. Right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, with, with Sean, it's like, if he's got his finger out, it can't, you know. Yeah. We're shocked. With exactly. me, it's always just just be glad when you can see my hands. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly. Um, but I want to know how you gather that data. Is somebody watching people? Are they having to fill out a survey? And are they being truthful if they're filling out a survey? If they're filling the survey, that they, they won't be truthful. So you've got to like estimate upwards. I mean, it's just imagine mad. it was all based off surveys. It's like, oh, apparently zero percent of all medical personnel ever pick their noses, <laughs> or you know. Uh, except for this one guy who was weirdly honest. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's me. Uh, I love the fact that I think just after she says about, you know, on average three times an hour, Malik just kind of puts his head down and leaves the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, really? Malik? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Connie comes in and says, you know, somebody's being brought in. They are in the back of a cab. Doug rushes out. We find quite a young man and a young woman. He's having difficulty breathing. It turns out he's got cystic fibrosis, but he has, has a DNR. He's 19 and he has a DNR. That's what we are told. So they can't do anything to kind of help him breathe because he's got this DNR. But then they, you know, they find out because I think Connie calls the doctor and finds out the doctor's actually a pediatrician. So they're like, oh, okay. So the pressure's put on the girl. How old is he? And she says he's 17, which means they basically, they, they can, and they do, you know, help him breathe. They put in a, they put in the breathing tube, don't they? What's yeah. it called? I have, can't remember. Now. Intubated. Thank you. He gets intubated. Um, and this is the start of a really... This is a really, this is, I think, the core story, sad story in this whole episode. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is, this is the ER grit. It's, it's rough because I, I don't think, we'll go through it, but I don't think by the end there's anyone who is clearly in the right or clearly in the wrong. Yeah, There's a absolutely. lot of shades of grey in this. Yeah, it's definitely the grit in the middle of this pearl of an episode. Yeah. Ooh, look at Thank that. Thank you. Well um, done. <laughs> well done. Say I've had about eight hours sleep in the last two or three nights. I'm really impressed with myself. Oh, sorry, so we need to deny you sleep for all no. four episodes going forward. If yeah. you do one more night, I will kill. And kill again. <gasps> um, I too far away, I'm lazy. The Birmingham oh, yeah. bludgeoner is back, I tell you. <laughs> We thought it'd be more of a poisoner for some reason. Anyway. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Someone has Jessica thought this Fletcher. through. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's taking a dark turn. Um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. This kid's got the strangest. Like the actor's name is Chad Lindbergh. We'll get on to Evier later. But his character's name is Jad. Yeah. 
What's he no, even I... short for? Chad Fly? Chad. I... I'm even thinking Chad of like. <laughs> even if he was Judd, like Judson, I know is a name, yeah, yeah. or Judd or Jude, maybe like Jad. So, to anyone out there who's listening, whose name is either Jad or a variation of Jad, could you please let us know? Because yeah, I had yeah. never heard this. Uh, Jadathan. Jad. Jad. Good. Look, Jadathan. I'm telling you. Jadathy. 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 Jadwick. 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 Sounds like someone like just Jadwick. misspelled Chadwick. Yeah. Yeah. Chadwick, as opposed to Chadwig, which I, I really love Black Panther, but I don't want to call him by the same name. Oh my god. Moving swiftly along. Um... <laughs> so yeah, Jad and Katie are the name of this of this couple that have come in, and we've we've learned that they're obviously a lot younger. Um and so they call the mom of, of, of Jad, and we find out that they were trying to run away. Um, he has cystic fibrosis, he is not going to live past three months. And he is he seems to have come to terms with that he just wanted to live those last moments yeah. of his life the way he wanted to he didn't want to be hooked up to a machine or have been debated i mean when the um the mom actually arrives doug is taking the um the tube out they and and jad says to him you know don't you ever yeah you know tube me again don't ever yeah. and and that's where it sets up this dilemma because the mom obviously wants him to live. And at this moment, she like, yeah. yeah. And at this moment, she's the guardian, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, it's not really up to him. And so this tug of war is kind of set up as to him wanting to die the way he wants to and die with his own dignity and his own choice. And the mom and also the girlfriend, you know, not really... Yeah being able to deal with that. Yeah. And in a way, like, to talk about the girlfriend for a second, in a way, she's both, I suppose, buying into his romanticized version of the way he wants to die. Yeah. Which is, you know, we'll, we'll go to Mexico, we'll get a place on the beach. And, okay, all the practicalities of that aside for a second, you know, she's, she's allowing that. In a way, I get the sense that she's a little bit older, you know, that she... Okay. Maybe not like not like in her twenties older, but just that she seems to be comfortable with going. But it's what he wants, yeah. You know, which seems like quite a grown up thing to to accept. Which then, ironically, when his mother comes in and she's like, "No, you're just a kid," you know, I know, basically I know what's best for you, but it's it's completely coming from a place of love. Um, it it's it's just a. A rotten situation and in fact when the mother comes in and she looks at Katie and she says oh I might have known you would have something to yeah. do with that Katie yeah. doesn't bite she doesn't snap back at her or anything she just I think she kind of knows everything would just be a waste of time you know any yeah. kind of yeah. fight any argument it's just going to be a waste of time at this point yeah, yeah. absolutely and um, I mean <sighs> For me, in this episode and with this storyline, Weaver's a little bit of an MVP, you know, she, because she's the one who actually sits, so Doug is very much listening to the mom, doing whatever the mom wants. And Weaver actually, for me, came out of left field because I always find her very by the book, very, you know, as we saw in the, the, the moment before where she's very much like we do a tracheotomy, you know, she actually goes and talks to Doug and she says, oh, did you know that Jad wants to die? he's told me and he's like well he can't make and Doug says well can't make that decision he's 17 she says he'll be 18 in three weeks so he's literally 
you know, what is three weeks? Of course, he, kn- yeah. he knows his own mind. Exactly, yeah. And she says to him, she says, you know, have you listened to him? Have you, the reason he's, because Doug's a bit annoyed that she spoke to him, but we, we was like, well, actually, he spoke to me probably because you weren't listening. And it's a real brilliant kind of teachable moment. You know, they, they both taught each other different things in this. We've had the first scene where Doug shows her about, you know, hey, let's do something kind of orthodox. And then we've got this scene where she's gone, well, actually, you need to listen to your patient, which yeah. I have to say, I was quite shocked about Doug because Doug's normally Mr. Patient Care, Mr. I'm going to listen to him. And I was I was shocked he ended up where he ended up, yeah. I guess, um, yeah. the side he ended up on. Yeah, I think because Doug's oh, sometimes pig-headedness comes from, I want everyone to live I want to fix yes. the problem. I want, you know, he's, he is a fixer. Whether he successfully fixes or not, he is a fixer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a young man comes in. He's got cystic fibrosis. It's a terminal diagnosis at this stage. Yeah. But he's still alive. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's not on, say, permanent palliative care. He's not... He, he is able to make up his own mind. So... Then, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, we must try and save, try and save. Then he kind of gets flipped onto the other side then when he's, you know, okay, well, we've, we've agreed now that we're going to do what's, what's best for Jad. And right now his mom has signed the DNR and, and this is great. And she changes her mind and he kind of flips out. You're kind of like, oh, Doug, this is what happens when you care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get caught in the middle and you care too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he... It's it's really tough, and this is why I think it, it's a really hard moment for Doug because they finally got the agreement that the that they you know the boy has got a DNR, the mum has signed a DNR, she's finally come round to the idea, um, and then the boy starts you know not being able to breathe again, and the mum and the and Katie the girlfriend panic and start going save him save him, yeah. and Doug's like well I can't you know we've signed this we've discussed this and then. But he ends up having to obviously do it because the the mum has the right, I guess, the law. But it's just a really tough moment because I think I think even in himself, he's like not completely on one side or the other. I think he is also really struggling with this because it, it must be so hard, especially when you're somebody who isn't ill or doesn't have that day to day to not and to understand somebody who's like, actually, I care, I'm okay, I'm ready to go. You know that it. It's a really hard decision, and I think we really see Doug torn between these two people. Really, he's being pulled between the mom yeah. and the patient um, at this point. Yeah, is, and what a horrible position to be in. It's yeah. like anything you do, in some way or another, you lose in this situation. Yeah, um, that's it. That's exactly it. I think um, as well, he becomes, in Jad's mind, it's easy for him to be the villain. Because... Yes. You know, he can be as frustrated with his mum as he likes, but I, it, I don't think it's suggested that there's any kind of massively dysfunctional problem between himself and his mum. Only the fact that he's ready to die and she's not ready to let him go. Yeah. Um, in his eyes, Doug takes that choice from him, which of course is not the yeah. case, but I think in his eyes he does. So yeah. obviously Jad's final little parting shot to Doug. Oh yes, he flips him the bird, doesn't yeah. he? As As the... The, the lift door starts to, to close. 
I was and... watching that scene. I was just like, oh, God, you do that one more time and I will put you on a ventilator forever. Okay? <laughs> All right. And every time you even blink, I'm shocking you. Okay. Yeah. Don't ever give Doug the bird on my watch. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Okay. I think we know which side you've fallen down on. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. I'm going to say, we'll talk about the EHBIER of the three actors in this because they're all phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you guys but, have found three actors. I've got one more that I don't think either of you picked up. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, not this competition, but you know, <laughs> I'm winning. <laughs> uh, I was going to ding the bell there. I thought no, there's no reason. Um, yeah, they're, they're all fantastic actors. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like the mum. Uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about the actors. But Veronica Cartwright, Cleve Val, and Chad Lindbergh. Um, Chad Lindbergh, I feel like he hasn't had the same kind of interesting career as the other two, but I might be wrong. But the other two have had some fantastic roles yeah. uh, in, in cult movies. Yeah. Um, and they're, because they're very good actors without being showy. But do you know what I mean? And yeah. It's just that whole, they couldn't have cast it better, I don't think. Even if they've got like Meryl Streep, you know, a young... Uh, not Shia but he'd be too young. Oh, not him ever. Well, no, um, doesn't he turn up in ER at one he point? He does turn yeah, up in he ER. Does bless him as an angry young man. Not bless uh, him. We don't. Also, he's him. not acting, but. <laughs> but anyway, my point is, fantastic actors, very much selling the whole scene it, with the peerless George Clooney alongside. It's. I just think it's such an interesting topic, especially yeah. at this point. And I remember being younger and being on the mom's side very firmly because I didn't yeah. really understand illness or pain or, and I really didn't understand why the boy wanted to die and what that would feel like, you know, that to me was just, but as I've gotten older, I've gone, Oh, okay. I can really see both sides because obviously yeah. I can see how hard it's her for to kind of let him go. And I can see his side of being like, I don't really have a life. I'd rather just do what I want. And then, yeah go away you know on my own terms because I can't control anything else um and I just think I, I thought I, I just thought it was a really interesting way of looking at this because as you say there was no right or wrong it's all shades of grey people can watch it and make up kind of their own minds but it really showed the complexity of these decisions this isn't just mm. I'm right, you're wrong. This yeah. is what it should have been. It's actually, there's so many shades of grey. And, and I think Chad's really very, Chad, Chad and Chad are really angry at Doug because, yeah. because Doug is the gatekeeper to his, what he yes. wants and he's his chance to not only take the pressure off him having to try and convince his mom, but actually giving him that power back and he doesn't do that. So I, I kind of understand the bird, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bird at Doug and at life. Yeah. Like, yes. Whole situation. That's a good point. Exactly that. Exactly. I mean, we see him. He's really, you know, he is not a well person. And I think they say a lot of the time with stick fibrosis, it feels like you're drowning. That must yeah. just be yeah. really, oh, it's, like it's a just. fluid buildup in your lungs. It's yeah. Constant, yeah. Just tough but um yeah he gets wheeled out of there very much alive unfortunately even though he is three weeks away yeah. from being 18 which to me felt very like oh gosh you know it's as the mom I think I'd be a bit like oh gosh in three weeks 
he will hate me even more because he'll decide to die, but then we'll have had this animosity. I don't know. That was just the only thing I wondered about. Yeah. I, I think I'm with... I think I'm with Chad, but I can see where the mum is coming from. Oh, gosh, I'm slightly yeah. mystified about Katie's role in this and that why is she facilitating this? What is this romantic, not yeah. fetishization of death, but this romantic idea that Chad's mum says he has of death and Katie's bought into that? I th- I well, I think, know. so for me, when I saw Katie, I there were two things for me going on. One was... I think she's in love with this boy and he has said to her, this is what I want. And she wants to make that happen for him because she loves him. And on the other side, I think there's also this, I don't know, there's something romantic when you're a teenager of kind of, you read about Romeo and Juliet, you learn about, you know, all that kind of stuff. And death, it can can seem a very romantic and and everything's so dramatic when you're a teenager. It's like, I'll love you or I'll die. I don't know. That's just that's. I I got very. She's a. She. I I knew girls like this when I was young. This oh, is. Really? I just. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. One of the girls I went to school with. It, it was very much. I could see her doing this. You know, kind of being on the whim and and getting yeah. kind of caught up in whatever he's doing. And then when she actually sees him, almost. You know. Yeah. Die. It's like. Oh gosh. Hang yeah. on. This is real. Yeah. This isn't what I want. Exactly. Oh, the, wait a the, minute. This is yeah. what death is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pain yeah. and suffering and loneliness and. A yeah, loss, and exactly, I think yeah. that's kind of how I got her. But um, yeah. but yeah, so that that that's kind of the core of this, the yeah. the serious kind of core, and then everything else is just a farce. So one of the things, yeah. and the reason that Wendy was kind of listing all the <laughs> gross things about statistics is because there have been a, a ri- rise in staph infections in patients who are treated at that ER. So. Also- those are not pleasant things to have no no oh Oh. and especially i won't spoil it just yet when we discover the source makes it even worse oh i know it's it's so it's so gross it's just oh it's just more but i mean this is a way to basically keep you know dr fisher around because we need a storyline quick we can't just have another sick patient in (laughs) oh i know um strep has been going around uh we need to get um sorry not strep staff the staff infection has been going around so fisher's going to lead this investigation or because you know he's infectious disease guy and he's going to basically figure out why it's going around who the perpetrator is and he asks Jeannie, he says, Jeannie, can, you know, do you want to help me? And she's a bit reluctant at first. Because uh, Jeannie knows that uh, snitches get stitches. Exactly. <laughs> Narc. Exactly. Narc. And Doyle will give you those stitches if just to... One hand running stitches One hand well. going well. Yeah, she's, she's quite good at it now at this stage. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is quite a nice... It, it, it's... It, and one of the many things I love about Jeannie as well is that for the majority of the episodes, her and Dr. Fisher are just working together. Like there's no, yeah. there's nothing more really than just trying to identify the, the staffer. Um, <laughs> and she's so professional. Yeah. There's no problem. You know, there's no, there's nothing, there's no snapping. There's nothing like yeah. that. Any understandable level of just like, you know, oh, right, you're back again, are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of gets to the stage where he says, okay, you know, maybe we should go and have that dinner. And she shuts him down. Yeah. She yep. says, let's keep it professional. And I just think the way that, that, that 
once you introduce the word professional, I feel like it really shuts conversations yeah, down because yes. you kind of can't argue with that. If somebody wants to keep something professional, there's no way to come back from that. You know, it's it's not all oh, you've upset me or I'm don't like you anymore. It's no, we're going to keep it professional. Um, but they have this really. I mean, all through the 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 episode, we kind of see how they're trying to figure out who these whoever it is, and we have. Um, a moment where they the staff are all holding IDs as if they are they're getting their mugshots. Yeah. Um, which... oh, did you see before when um, when Gre- uh, Greg is asking Jeannie for help and she's washing her hands, balls up the paper and puts it straight in the bin. And we get a, a, the shot of the of it going in and her yeah. being just cool AF. Yeah. Because she's like, I'm in control. Boom. Exactly. And it's also, it's just like, well, I don't know who's giving people staff infections, but it ain't me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, she is a pro. She could have done the, uh, she could have done an instructional video for when COVID first came. Uh, <laughs> she was so, so good. She could have been playing at that basketball game that Green almost went say. to see. Yeah. yeah. Or, or she was playing with, uh, with uh, Doug and like body slammed him out of the way. Yeah, he deserved it. The funny thing is that any <laughs> one of these things are as plausible as the other. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, um, yeah, so we do. We get these really funny bits where they're just trying to investigate and figure out, and we hear about staff infections and how they are, you know, how basically it's when people don't white wash their hands properly after going to the toilet, and then they figure out because they're looking they say like no, right none of these patients were treated by the same doctors or the same nurses there's no common connection what is the common connection the handwriting mm-hmm. and whose handwriting who is the per- person who sees every single patient before they even get to the doctor it's the admit desk oh no jerry is the vector it's and Jerry. I mind, but then when they walk up to him he's there eating brownies and he yeah. offers yeah. one because he's so Homemade nice brownies. and he's jerry yeah. but I would burn those brownies in a controlled explosion <laughs> outside in the ambulance bay. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. Oh my I, I love the fact they say, oh, do you wash your, wash your hands off the toilet? Every time you have to toilet, it goes, every, every time? time? Yeah. You work in a hospital, Jerry. Oh. And also, what's the criteria for you deciding to yeah. wash your hands, Jerry? Like, oh, is there a level? You know, Just a like, quick number one. Nah. Ah, it's grand. Sure, didn't I only wash my willy there two days ago? Sure, it's grand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Nilo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, it's not. It's but. really, I was just like, it's not. Oh, we will go lower. Uh. Um, yeah, so they figure out it, it's Jerry and they'd have to teach him how to wash his hands. Um, and then Jeannie, so Jeannie has, you know, turned down Dr. Fisher. And she goes to give um, she goes to give a guy stitches. Is she doing stitches on a guy? Yes, stitches the guy falls off a stepladder. That's right. And he's like, "Oh, you don't recognise me?" She's like, "No." And he's like, "Well, I was in here a year ago, but I was about to die. You probably won't recognise me because I was skinny. I was about to die." Turns out he he has AIDS, and he was literally thinking he'd sold everything off and cashed his life insurance, and then all of a sudden, you know, the uh, the new drugs came out, and he responded really well, and now he's living life, and he's like, yeah. "Look, I've still got AIDS, but you know what? I'm alive." Yeah, it is. It's so. This is. I mean, obviously, we've discussed Genie storyline many times. We, we will do so again. But this period of ER is a great turn in yes. the depiction of AIDS. Um, 
I suppose, in media at the time as well, because yes, the cocktail yeah. had landed. It wasn't AZT anymore. It was far less toxic. People were getting better. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, to this day, have continued to get better, which is great. Mm-hmm. And there is just that wonderful moment of they share. Uh, they may, I, I, don't, I don't think he knows that Jeannie's HIV positive, but no. they, do, they share a moment of, joy really because we know that from Jeannie's side it's like well you're on the cut it is totally understandable the fear totally understandable the uh the worry everything but look here is someone who got to death's door bounced back you know this is AIDS is not what it was yeah and and he's grabbing life and he's a bit more worse off than her because he's got full-blown AIDS and he's like grab life so it kind of kicks starts her into going you know what I'm gonna say yes to Dr Fisher and they go out and have a really nice time and then they have you know they have a kiss and then she cries because she feels very emotional because she doesn't want to fall for him um and she doesn't want to kind of fall too quickly I think she's still really worried um it's just say crying on a date if it's anybody else other than Jeannie Boulay it'd be like oh, okay, this is yeah. worse than when you, you know, not worse, but this is, you know, you told me I had, you had AIDS, I cope with that, now you're crying. But I did notice... Um, Could you imagine I, that? HIV, I could deal with tears, forget it. I'm oh, out. Yeah. in public? Oh. How um, very dare you. I know. Um, I wonder if this is a stylistic choice on, Go on the part of the directors in the wardrobe department. Um, uh, Jeannie is wearing like a blue scarf over her head in a very sort of interesting way. And it reminded me of um, depictions of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who always had a blue um, like uh, headscarf. And it just, I don't know if there was like, there was making that direct connection that she, she was sort of a blessed, I don't know, like, like she was pure and innocent or something, or a virgin again. I don't know what they were, yeah, I don't know if that was deliberate, it's... but it's just the way she was wearing it was very, but Odd, also coupled with the snow, because yeah. the snow is also yeah. very innocence and virgin yeah. and, yeah, and all that. Point. So it it felt very yeah. well. It's funny because you see Virgin Mary, but I just see all the all the old ladies down at the temple because that's what they all do. <laughs> oh, they all really? have their heads covered. So I was oh, just okay. like, oh, that's just how women I grew up with used to oh, right. like do that thing with yeah. the hair. But I think you're right. I think there is something about her being seen as like i don't yeah. know an angel or holy yeah. or just something which i'm pure. fully on board she's very with. very pure yeah, she yeah. is mm. pure i mean if she is starting a religion i'm there and i'm not into religion but <laughs> church i share Boulay. for yeah. that one. Oh, church, church of is the name of our cult in out west yeah. right exactly oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. exactly um so yeah i mean what i think this is doing though is is really setting up the start of actually this is going to be the first relationship for genie a, outside of Al, but also, you know, once she's got, now she's sick and she's trying to figure out that and we're going to, we're going to watch that develop, which, which I think is quite nice. It's nice to see her, I know she's crying, but it's also really nice to see her happy Yeah. for once. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, if there's ever anyone who deserves good things to yeah. happen to them, it's Jeannie. Yeah. Because yeah. what I... were you saying, Sean? Uh, you said you were feeling for Jeannie, which means it must be a I... day ending. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, she's there crying because she's, she's obviously worried and happy. She's having everything. I'm just like, ah, day with a Y in it. So I'm yeah. feeling things for Jeannie. Yeah, exactly. I, 
Okay, having rewatched this again recently and watching it again today and last week, I don't think Greg's that much of a catch because he was quite arrogant last week. And this week he was a little bit the same. Um, I don't know, it's just he's very cocksure, which is there's nothing wrong with being confident. Mm. Um, but mm. I, there is a vein of arrogance to him. There is. I mean? There, there is. No, there definitely. Like he is. doesn't apologise for not calling it at all. Like he, he could have said, "Look, I'm really sorry. Reacts that way. This is why." And then, but no, no he, he did try like, to, and she yeah, didn't let him. Okay. She, he did try to. Yeah. A few people have pointed this out and said it. I don't particularly know how I feel about him, but I think it's really hard when you are one of Chicago's top heterosexual <laughs> eligible bachelors exactly, to not yeah. let it go to your head. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, what 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 are you going to do? And this is this is a city where George Clooney is hanging out, and you are yeah. still one of the eligible. Do you know what I mean? Like that's true. I don't know. Yeah. It would make especially me now feel that it looks like uh, Benton's about to be taken off the eligible bachelor list as well. I know uh-huh. exactly. Let, mm. Let's move there, shall we? Because... Uh, thank you, thank you for that nice little segue there. Yes, oh, um, yeah, it's smooth. So yeah, so, so we we actually we hear yeah. about him before we see him this week. Yeah. Because, you do hear about him. Uh, because again, continuing our or the trend of Benton, what's going on? He hasn't done the paperwork that he told yeah. Carter he would do, um, so he could move over onto Hicks's team. And Carter, understandably, is less than pleased. So, we're like, you know, where is he? Where is he? We cut back to the apartment, and then the very welcome return of uh, Candy Alexander is Jackie. Yeah, we haven't seen her for a while. Uh-huh. It's nice. And like okay. she is designed to arrive and slap him upside the head. That is what <laughs> Jackie does. Uh, I mean, she gets right to it. She's like, oh, oh yeah. I saw Carla. And oh, she's put on a bit of weight, hasn't oh, she? Judgmental. But yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, Jesus, Jackie. Like, um, well, you think don't that, be, but... Don't be saying that about people. <laughs> like, uh, but it's her way of saying, I know, Peter. I know she's pregnant. Mm. And you've, you've done yeah. this. And what are your plans? Be a, be a man yeah. about this, you know? Yeah, there's no, there's no ambiguity as to where Jackie mm. comes down on this situation. Yeah. She, so she says, how could you be so stupid? Yeah. Whoa! I was like, all right then. Like, what do you want him to do? Push her down the stairs? Jesus, Jackie. <laughs> you know? Um, like, how could you be so stupid? And let her live. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's there. He, he, what, for the first time now, we know Peter doesn't drink, but he looks hungover. Yeah, he looks he's a mess. Started, he's, apartment, right. his apartment is an absolute mess. Yeah, mm. she he's, is going through yeah. it. It's just rubbish everywhere and it's not tidy or clean. And she yeah. kind of is saying to him, What's going on? He's like, Oh, I've been working a lot, but he just looks so depressed. Yeah. He's yeah, his side is, is abdomen as well. Yeah. yeah, that isn't helping either. He he that's the first moment we see, you know, he's not hundred yeah. percent healthy. Um and then kind of the next time we see him was this really brilliant shot where it, it, he's in his locker and but he's like getting stuff out of his locker and we can kind of see as if we're in the locker through mm. and we get Carter's face turning up and shouting at him because he hasn't signed the paperwork. And, mm-hmm. and it's so claustrophobic and it's so like if you're not feeling well and somebody's just in your face and you just feel really nagged and like you're just like, ah! I thought that was a really great way of kind of showing that. Um, and I then I love it. Sorry, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think we're probably about to say the same. I love Carter is taking no prisoners mm-hmm. in this scene at all. 
he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, you didn't do the paperwork. Then she just goes, put it in my cubby. And Carter basically shoves it in his face and says, do it now. I yeah. I, I, and then he does, and he says, oh, so you're just going to call me, it calls him satisfactory, and he's just mm. like, thank you for your time. And I was like, right, somebody has given him a discount on microphones because he's dropping them left, right, and center. <laughs> And actually, Benton drops one too. And I'm like, look yeah. at these two. Like, wow. Um, because then they took, they're in the, we have this classic Carter and Doyle fighting over a patient. And Weaver comes in and hands the patient over to Doyle because, you know, surgery always take the pay, all the interesting cases. And Carter kind of says, like, like a child, like to Benton, kind of, come on, you know, Benton, help me. Benton's like, ask Hicks. And I was like, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> Um, but Peter is struggling, you know, he's really clutching his side, he's not looking very yeah. well, he's not focusing, he ends up leaving. Now, this is when you know something's really wrong, yes. because he mm. walks out of a trauma when there's a patient mm -hmm. who needs help. Like, normally he um, booked the OR for a hangnail, you know? Exactly, <laughs> well, exactly. Um, and then Weaver, this is the best bit, Weaver is looking for the ultrasound, they can't find <laughs> it anywhere, everything's gone to pot since Carol has been of suspended, Hale has no idea what she's doing, oh, she's Hale, been yeah. ordering, you know, boxes and boxes of supplies which are just towering everywhere, so it's just this whole episode is quite claustrophobic in that way, because there's just boxes everywhere, and, mm. and people aren't being clean, and you know, Benton's dying, you know, all this stuff is just going on. But uh, Weaver finally finds the, finds the um, ultrasound and it's actually, it's Peter's got it because he's doing, an, you know, <laughs> so an ultrasound on himself. Yeah. And I just love it because I think if she didn't find him, he so would have just cut himself open. And <laughs> he his probably own would have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sat there with a Dyson and just sucked it out of himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably exactly. would have, I think he wouldn't have even taken anaesthetic for it, you know. Just bite, bite down on a bullet or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, Weaver comes over. She's like, mm, nice try. Lie down, does a mm -hmm. quick check. She's like, you have got an uh, appendix that is ready to burst. Yes. So, hot appendix. Ooh. Hot appendix, yeah. And, it's, and yeah. I was going to say, well, it's so funny because it's kind of, oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Sharon, go ahead. No, you go, Sean, please. Oh, I right, think I was going to move us. Okay, so no. <laughs> I like where this is going. Um, it's uh, this. There's a slight conglomeration of storylines here because we've had yeah. very uh, combative Doyle and Carter for a few scenes yeah. as well. But then it all yes. kind of comes together. They have uh, a GSW comes in. Doyle kind of saves Carter's ass a little bit because she recognizes yeah. the bullet, which would have quite physically quite hurt Carter if he had tried to extract it with just his bare hands. He then and the and the gunshot wound victim also had uh, has AIDS, so that's even more important that he didn't kind of remove that and cut himself. Yeah, good. I actually completely missed that bit. You're obviously you're yes. so dead right. You're so dead right. Yeah, if he cut himself, well done, sure. This is what this is why you should have spoken. This is why you should have spoken. Uh, <laughs> is that the trauma that Hicks comes down and decides to run it? Like, why is she suddenly running a trauma when she's a surgeon now? I think they. I think surgeons can if it's a surgical yeah, it's just case. We haven't seen her do that in a while, which is nice. We it haven't. Just, it was like, oh, Hicks, nice one. Because Benton's, you know, not around, yeah. is he? So she's yeah. kind of having to, to yeah, be the true. one who has to run stuff, I guess. Yeah. He's just casually borrowing thousands of dollars worth of hospital equipment. Quietly, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. yeah. So, so they kind of, uh, you know, they make friends and 
the three of them, Hicks and, and Doyle, surprisingly, and Carter all go up to the OR and they were going to work on this GSW, but then Hicks comes yeah. in and says, no, actually, we're not doing that. We're doing an appendectomy. And Carter's like, oh, miss, I don't <laughs> want to do an appendectomy. <laughs> he and says it exactly like, like that. Yeah, basically. Word for yeah. word, yep. Mm. And she goes, yeah, have a look at who the patient is. <laughs> and we have that brilliant shot of Carter's face just, you know, seeing. Yeah, yeah. We're obviously, you know, just yeah. glee. Um, sorry, there was another moment that I completely missed that I just wanted to talk about, which, again, with, this was another point of mic dropping, was um, he Carter's in, in the tra- uh, trauma room downstairs working and Doyle's trying to figure stuff out, and he... He's trying to show off a bit because Weaver's there and he says, oh, I'll do, I'm going to do it this way. Weaver says, oh, that's great. Who taught you how to do that? And he just looks at oh, Benton yeah, and yeah. says, yeah. I, I can't remember. remember. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, there is a mic drop. Be careful dropping the mic in the open chest. Literally but, yeah. in the open chest and causing more trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what happens with a blood force trauma to the heart? How did that happen? Not important. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, the whole of surgery and the surgical teams are just gleeful that it, that Benton is finally the patient. We have the kind of the prep nurse who comes in oh, to, sure, you know, yeah. to shave yeah. him. Shave his, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> the appendix is quite low down. So Yeah. So she's obviously really enjoying that. Then we have that moment where Benton gets kind of moved, you know, moved past um, Carter and he realizes and then there's a moment before he's about to like go under he's like Hicks where's Hicks and yeah. all of a sudden you see Carter who looks like Dr. Death and I don't know about <laughs> you but I would be terrified he's like there's been a substitution and you know don't yeah. worry Dr. Benton I will take very good care of you and I would <laughs> literally if that's the last thing you saw before you were going under wouldn't you just cry yeah it's like you know what I'll do it myself I'll do yeah. it myself it's all right local anesthetic yeah. Did, did I say a pet? Oh, I did. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny because because yeah. uh, Benton's sort of drifting in and out of consciousness with the yeah. anesthesia. He says, "I'll oh, make sure to put the cross on the right side. I don't want to take my left kidney, not my right kidney." So he's obviously really out of it because he's not. I mean, he's not not removing a kidney. Oh, maybe that's foreshadowing because don't they have to remove a bit of Carter's kidney? Um. They yes. don't remove Carter's kidney. He, oh, he has, has a, kidney a kidney transplant, doesn't he? He has a kidney tra- transplant, yeah. Yeah, I, something oh. after the after the Lucy storyline. So he loses a kidney after okay. the, that storyline. Then when he goes to Africa, he loses another one through sickness, which is when he yeah. comes back. And there's this brilliant scene, which I know we'll talk about it when we get there, but I always love it. He basically talks to... Um, Dr. Banfield and she's very suspicious yeah. as to why he's there and what he's doing and she's like well I've come here because I didn't just come here <laughs> for the job I came here because you and me have the same blood type and I need your kidney and I've come here to ask you and she's like <gasps> and then yeah. he just laughs and it's just brilliant because yeah, yeah. It, I just love that it's one of my favorite moments um I watched that again recently it's brilliant because she's such a she's just too serious Kate Banfield so serious. she does not get joke so no. she's really like oh, he's gonna ask for my kid um so yeah uh, so we have that and then we have this brilliant moment where he's finally out and they just keep taking pictures of themselves <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross it's like they get everybody's like oh yeah, you yeah. man down there come and upstairs i, I kept <laughs> expecting hicks, hicks like now okay last one and we're like oh one with hicks and doyle oh yeah really yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll jump in and now let's do a silly one okay <laughs> yeah it, i know it, it's yeah. so funny um I, I love the music they have they have oh, yeah. 
They start with Ride the Valkyries by Odaka. Okay, He's like, put and on I'm my special music. I know. And then Mac the Knife later on, which is going to be a bit too on the nose. Oh, you God, we're so in sync these days. Slay. Like Joey Fatone and Molly Launcher in sync. Yeah, but not Justin or. Not Justin, no. I'll be JC Chazé, please. Which one was he? Oh, he was like the other good singer in there. Like, oh, yeah, okay. Him you, and Justin were the singers. I like Lance Bass. Well, you would. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, mean? let's just keep it straightforward. Like, yeah. Nah, it's. Nah. You're not a Lance Bass fan. I'm not that bothered. I don't really care about NSYNC. I know it's. <gasps> Yeah, as and ships. Yeah, I know. I preferred Backstreet Boys, to be honest. But I mean, I was more of came a... along at the perfect time for you. You were just entering your mid thirties. You know, <laughs> your um, formative oh. years. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I was growing up, I was very much a Backstreet Boy girl. But oh my god, did NSYNC have some awesome songs? Like That's "Bye Bye Bye" is killer. That's yeah. such a good song. Did have a dance as well? Yeah. Bye, like, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> then they do no, that. Backstreet's back again. That's isn't it? Backstreet's back. That is Backstreet's back. And yeah. if it helps, that really quite hurt my arm. So that's fine. <laughs> right, let's get back to the thing. No more boy bands till oh. later. Um, <laughs> if you're good. And yeah, if you if you behave. Then you can have a whole boy band to yourself. Oh. Nom, 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 <laughs> sure looks like it's Christmas. Um so yeah, we have that moment where, you know, they're all taking pictures with him. And then we get this really brilliant moment where he's he's he comes out on the other side and he's not really <laughs> he's not he's still a bit under drugs and not kind of coming to consciousness yeah, and yeah. he he sees um Hick saying, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> uh, and he's a bit like, whoa, what the hell? What um, operation did I do? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then he sees Weaver, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. What are these? What are, yeah, what's yeah. his subconscious saying to him? And then he sees Carter, yeah. uh, which is my favorite because I think Rose and him should have a baby. Yeah. I was like, of the three, Carter's probably the most likely to be pregnant with his baby. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the, the, there's like, when he's hallucinating, Hicks morphs into Kerry. Mm. Yeah. Kerry morphs into Carter. I just thought, was this around the time of Michael Jackson's Black or White? I was thinking or like, like the software or something. Like, uh. Yeah. It's not software. They used to, what they did, do you know how they did that? I have to say, it's amazing when I saw it. They literally just merged people magically. No, they basically, oh. they got so many different, they basically, they got like, 10 different people each time and they would do like a second of somebody then a second like really like minuscule amounts of time they push it all together so there's probably about 10 faces in that hole when they're doing that whole switchy but you only really think you see two it's magic i saw a bit a making of oh, and okay. i was like this is brilliant it was, like it was it. the biggest thing for like it um, was a few months wasn't it black or white and i was like they did a shortened version of it on top of the pops and the longer version i was like yeah. i want to see the longer version i want to see the face thing I mean, anytime Michael Jackson had a song out, especially in the 90s, like yeah, ev that video would just take over everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. they were an event. Yeah, I want to see the one version where he like goes mad and starts smashing up a car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wasn't Macaulay Culkin in that video as well? He, he was. Like, yeah. See, he lip sync the rap at the start. He lip syncs yes, the rap, yeah. yeah. He's at, well, he's at the beginning as well because he's turning yeah. up the volume. The dad's going, turn yeah. it down. He's like, no. Anyway, yeah, that's enough. The best part. Okay, no. Right, so we're going to start our own <laughs> podcast about Michael Jackson music videos, but we'll do that another day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another day. Um, yeah. So, you know, 
I don't even know where we were. So they're all saying basically, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pregnant. Yeah. But then Benton starts saying, you know, oh. he just starts like confessing and saying yes. how bad he feels. And he, he pushed, he, I pushed him too much. I pushed him too far. And we really see that it has been weighing on his mind and he does feel very yeah. guilty as much as he tries to pretend it hasn't affected him mm. and carter's the one who witnesses that so i thought that was interesting because mm. i think carter needed to see that the a that benton remind him that benton was human but also remind show him that benton does have regrets and does feel guilt about gant which i think carter started to think he probably didn't so the carter is the closest thing that benton has to a friend yeah in, yeah in the hospital um yeah and Benton will never really admit that, not at this stage yeah. anyway, because he's, for whatever reason, he's just unable he's to. Yeah. Well, yes, frankly. Um, they have a bit of a laugh, and it's like, it feels like, I feel like their relationship evolves so quickly to, in, in these few episodes. You know, yeah. Carter's no longer afraid of him, he's challenging him openly, yeah. he's being passive aggressive with him in front of other people. Yeah. The, 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 um, equilibrium, not equilibrium, but the balance has shifted so much. Yeah. And then they have this, even though Benton's high as a kite, and he won't remember. And if he did remember, he would never admit to it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, they could be buddies. Yeah. Yeah. If Absolutely. Benton was high on drugs all the time, that'd be great. I mean, that's and that's the next storyline. That's exactly <laughs> what <laughs> Carter starts doing, just drugging him. Drop, yeah, yeah, dropping a little bit of Haldol in his coffee. <laughs> Um, I thought it was really sweet, actually. So we have Doyle and Carter kind of arguing the whole way through this episode. But there's a moment where Carter starts kind of showing her a technique. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is sweet because, because he's not going to turn into Benton. We see actually, no, he yeah. will teach as much as he's like oh, Mr. Competitive and wants to do well. He's also showing that actually, no, he, he's going to step aside. And so he yeah. teaches her something in the trauma room. And then later he teaches her how to do one-handed um, stitches and he, yeah. he on Benton she he lets her do it on Benton <laughs> after he jokes that like he's gonna staple his name into which I thought was quite <laughs> funny. Hicks um, was like, yeah go on. She's, yeah, Hicks was just yeah. is a teaching hospital after all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put a pound in the chart. Yeah. Yeah. Um that'll teach you Benton for you know yeah. everything. I just, um I, I know, sorry going back to I was just gonna ask you like could you operate on somebody you knew that well? I'd be so weirded out. It depends. I like, what are you guys? It depends what, what the operation is, because I know there is, I don't know if there's laws or rules, but I think there is, like, if it's, this is a relatively low-risk operation. Um, you know, the, the only bad thing would be if the appendix bursts, then it becomes yeah. a lot more serious. But up until yeah. then, it's fairly straightforward. Now, if it was, uh, we, we see in a future episode, uh, Peter has to operate on someone who's very close to him. And there is the question of Peter Renner going like, do we stop? And in fact, actually, Carter is also caught in a situation very mm. similar where you have Peter Renner going, I, I don't think that you have a clear enough judgment yeah. to, be, to be running this, yeah. uh, this trauma. So I, I don't know. I think it probably depends, depends on the severity of the case. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for something, I don't know, I think if it was a relative or friend of mine who came in and they, and it was a traumatic thing, so like they'd been shot or stabbed, that would be different to them coming in and needing in their appendix taken out, which as you say is low risk or something that's a bit more controlled and where, because I might want to be the one to do it because I don't want other people to do that to my friend, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if I could approach it in a clinical 
you know, way, then yeah. I'd be okay. But there's that yeah. joke, isn't there? Well, not joke, that riddle about the, the kid and the dad yes. and the kid yeah. and the mom, the, well, the doctor says, oh, they take the kid to the hospital because they've had an accident. And they say, um, and the doctor says, I can't operate because that's my kid. And you're supposed to go, what the hell? And basically the doctor's a woman and people didn't really get, oh. remember that females could be doctors. So they would trip people up because they'd be like, well, the dad was in the car with the boy. And it's, so it can't be the dad. So who, and it's got to be a male because women can't be doctors. It's a really silly riddle. Um, but that, you know, she says she can't. Yeah. Um, and then, so basically Carter's teaching Doyle about this. And he says, you know, you can try it using a pig's foot that's what I do we later see her using um an aubergine or an eggplant if you're American and um because she's vegetarian which is cute and then this is a moment I wanted to ask you about so Carter says do you want to do something after work is he asking her out on a date yes or is that Sorry. <laughs> jumped in there that's interesting because I didn't get that that he was asking her I think he was just like he needs friends like oh, his, okay. his last best friend, obviously. And he yeah. also, not only did he lose his last best friend, but she was there with him. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You yeah. know? And there yeah. has been this real butting of heads as well. And then there's this kind of great coming together today. Um, and I think the fact that she says yes to doing something without any kind of, like there's no, obviously when we get to the gun range, which is, hilarious to see Carter trying to hunt the gun. <laughs> um, he he expresses surprise at the at her confession. Yeah. Or revelation. Does. But um I don't think it was a oh I thought this was a date kind yeah, of shock. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like she wouldn't have said yes if she thought it was a date because yeah. she knows. I think the other thing um I was gonna say as well is something that really stuck out to me in is she's like all like I'm a vegetarian I couldn't eat meat and then she shoots guns and I'm like and I, yeah, I know they it's... might not seem like a, but I was a bit like it to me it just felt a bit like if you're a vegetarian like, I don't know if you love guns you probably wouldn't mind meat does, I don't know I know exactly what you mean I was sort of like a lot of the things she says suggest she's fairly kind of right wing yeah you know with her stance on abortion her catholic background her general background could lend herself to to being more right wing than left wing, maybe from a law enforcement. I don't know. I'm, I might get shut down for that. Um, well, choice of words. Um, but then a vegetarian, you wouldn't expect somebody like that. You expect her to love a big juicy steak after she's finished blasting things yeah. with a shotgun. It's, but I think it's just, it, you know, she's a multi layered character. It's, it's not as simple as that. And we always have to remember Hitler was a vegetarian. So. <laughs> Yes. You never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, so they get to the gun range and, and, and again, it, it could be a bit sexy this moment because, you know, she's teaching him how to shoot a gun, which basically, you know, she's holding him and there's all that kind of stuff. And then she says, oh gosh, you know, my ex is over there. And we, that's where we get the reveal. Cause it has, a, we don't, we haven't heard that before about her no. being a lesbian no. because we find out it's a woman. Oh, okay, so she's a lesbian. So this is the moment where we go, oh, okay, something new. And I quite like that. They didn't make a thing of it. That's how they did it. It was like, oh, there's my ex. You look, it's a woman. Mm. There's no big discussion or her having to come out or any kind of, it's just, that's just, and she's comfortable enough to be like, yeah, you know, she doesn't feel she has to hide that from anybody or hide that from Carter at least, which I don't know. I thought that was quite refreshing. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Um, and yeah, the, the thing that made me the most comfortable with this entire scene is 
do you not have to show some at least competence of holding a weapon before they just I... give you a live gun on a gun range? Carter hasn't a clue what he's doing. He shoots the other guy's target. He shoots out the light. He shoots out the exit size at the exit yeah. size. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's because Maggie knows. I bet Maggie knows everybody and they're like, oh, Maggie's Probably, bringing in yeah. the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, overall, good episode. Solid yeah. episode. Lots of fun. We forgot to mention about Halei's various ineptitudes and slip-ups that she kept blaming under the people. So she ordered, thought she'd ordered 12 emesis, was it emesis trays? Mm. And she ordered 12 gross. Yeah. And then boxes and boxes of things keep turning up. So it ends up looking like they're making a fort out of all these boxes. Yeah. She keeps blaming some mean procurement. Then nobody gets their paycheck apart from Carol, which is strange. Well, no, did Carol come in and she did it? They didn't have it. No, they, she did. She oh, picks she it does. up. She, oh, she, she does, does pick it up. I, I think that's the that one because... before. Um... Sorry. Maybe the week before. That's like, I think, so she... When she was there, she processed everything, and then she was suspended. And oh, I reckon that will right, be the one she would have, of, right. pro- yeah, yeah, processed is what I. So uh, yeah, Hale is saying, you know, saying, "Where's my paycheck? Where's my paycheck?" I guess it's back in the days when you literally had a check. Had no, that's bank, what so. Americans do. They, they, you Still. know how we get that Still. when I watch stuff, it's very much like I need to go pick up my paycheck and I need to get my paycheck. I don't know. Tell me if that's wrong, but that's what I've seen still on TV shows and stuff, which to me is it's, just it's, mad. It's backs. You just do it by backs, straight in. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they have that. America's weird. Anyway, sorry, no offense, Americans, but you couldn't just weird. Um, it's like how they don't. They all have to do their own taxes. You know, like ours is all yeah, just all, really all automatic. Yeah. Or when they go yeah. to shops, nothing's got the tax on it, so you have to calculate it yourself. Like, yeah. I don't get any of that. I'm like, why don't? Well, why they, is they there... don't have. They don't have such a holiday or anything like that. So and yeah, no, that's true as well. When oh, I was dating, yeah. yeah. When I was hideous. dating uh, Danny, somebody who lived in Chicago. Yay. Yay. Um, Danny from Chicago. Sorry, Danny I can't do Chicago. Chicago. He's actually from Ohio, but um, but yeah, he, um, I said to him, "Oh, you know, are you can book some time off when I come over." He's like, "Book some time off? What do you mean?" He's like, "Do you not get like holiday, like paid holiday?" He's like, "No." It looks to me like I just grow an extra head. And I was like, yeah, we, we get like 28 days, depending on where you yeah. work, but 25 to 28 days paid holiday a year. Yeah, and bank holiday. Yeah, bank I have holiday, to say, yeah, yeah. Really I, mean, I mean, they do have like Labor Day and Memorial Labor Day. Day and Memorial yeah. Day and Martin Luther King Day. And, but it's, I don't know. Yeah, I've always yes, found so things good. over there really backwards. Like they don't have the, they don't have the care the way we do, like in the yeah, sense yeah. of there's not you have to find a really good job with benefits. You don't just, yes. not everybody's just entitled to maternity leave or entitled yeah, to, yeah. which to me, for, saying you're like this leader in the world, it's just very strange to me. But Well, you know, socialism is evil after all. Well, I know, but yeah, it's just, it's the weirdest thing. Anyway. And this has um, been our anti-America hour. You <laughs> set the tone. Yeah, I love sorry. people in America. Yeah, yeah. We like Americans. Um, just, I mean, we love the show and it's set in Chicago, exactly. which That's is true, in America. Yeah. Yeah, so. so go back to late. She, again, she's blaming somebody in HR that, the, that she says, no, you must have left the time card. She said, no, no, I have the time card. So I put them in my purse, opens the purse. But for starters, like the data protection element, she's carrying around pay information in her purse. I know. But yeah, she uh, ends up, the nurses don't get paid or they get paid late because LA's not really coping. Yeah, they, they, there's more to the job than just yeah, yeah. having someone cover. Which yeah, exactly. Obviously, we feel, we feel bad for poor old LA, but you kind of be yeah. like, hey, hospital, you pay an attention. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. There's more to it than 
Then Carol it runs the show. Yeah. This is just, yeah. I do feel sorry for Helene as well because she yeah, didn't really yeah. get a handover, did she? She got <laughs> given, like, oh, by the way, I'm out. Here you go. Yeah, Here's yeah. a couple of things. But and that's not my job, Carol. It is now. Uh, it yeah. is now. That's not my job. Yeah, I'm not going to stop doing impressions. That's deeply offensive. Don't do impressions of other races as well. As as Sherry Shepard says on Dirty Rock to listen. Oh. Cancelled. <laughs> um, should we go to E-H-I-B-E-R as we've... Yes. Uh, we, yes, we obviously we. So. We have a few, don't we? Who mm. wants to start? Um, okay, who have we got? All right, well, let's lay our cards on the table. With Clea Duvall. Nice. Uh, who yes. is Katie in. So I think nearly this storyline has the three biggest yeah, names yeah. in the episode. Yes. Clea Duvall. Um, so the funny thing is that I know Clea Duvall from obviously many things, but I know Clea Duvall and Chad Lindbergh. Um, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer season mm-hmm. one, the pair of them, yes. which yeah. I thought was it was very funny, and I think I think this came out a year before the first season oh, okay. of Buffy. This episode, yeah, um, he plays um, a nerd called Dave who accidentally gives a demon all of this power and helps build him <laughs> a body, and it's all yes. it's all very very bad. Yeah. Um, and she plays uh, Marcy, who becomes the Invisible Girl. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, both very, very good. Now, I think of the two of them, she went on to have the film career, and he has done more in television. Yeah, and she's directing now as well, which is pretty she? cool. Yeah. yeah, have you Happy Season, the the lesbian film about the lesbians at Christmas with Kirsten Stewart? Oh, and... wow. that. That's her. Yeah. Oh, I really like that film. So, um, Chad Lindbergh. Oh, we're going off topic. Sorry, keep talking about Cleo Duvall. Uh, so she's been in things amazing. like The Faculty with Veep. She's all that. <laughs> I'm a cheerleader, Broad City, Heroes. I mean, she, I think especially in that moment in kind of the late 90s, early noughties, she was kind of in all the teen films. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Practically, I think. Um, she's in uh, Veep late, uh, most recently. Yeah, said Veep. Oh, I said, sorry. Like, said Veep. She was also Veep. a girl interrupted. Oh, yeah, oh. she was. And, and Veep. <laughs> Uh, she so was in mention Veeve the fact as well, which if you play that backwards is Veep. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. I lapsed concentration. I'm very tired. Um, faculty. Have you seen that one, Sean? Oh, I should have. We, seen should, we cross-link? Yeah. should we do a cross link? Should we do a cross link? Yeah. Pod, one of the other There's actually. I'm not sure if you've heard of the podcast. You're on crack, mate. Um, it's a, it's quite a good one. Uh, there was an episode uh, right. on. Uh, shut up, you. <laughs> Two episodes featuring you. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a third. There'll be a third. Yeah, damn well, better be. Um, and yes, the faculty, which I hadn't seen until <gasps> you had encouraged me to watch it, I really oh enjoyed God. it. It holds up yeah. quite well. It, it really does. Yeah, does. Yeah. And actually, um, there's a line in it that I always say when it gets hot, and it's been hot recently. So I've been I've been tweeting that line, which is Zeke when he says it's too fucking hot. No, it's too hot, and I've got zero fucking tolerance. <laughs> oh yes, I like that. Yeah, it is. It's such. I mean, it, the ending we, we talked about ad infinitum um, because it's weird. And it just goes, it, it, it turns it on its head in a bad way. Like, yeah. they start conforming. And I don't know if, like, they was make, if it was, like, a, an ending pushed on them by the studio or it was, like, a, a deeper satire about conforming at high school that suddenly Stokely's no longer a goth and no longer suggested a lesbian. She's going out with the, the ex-quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Who also ends up, who will turn up in ER later on, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Should we go to the next E H I B E R? 
Should we go for Veronica Cartwright? Yeah, absolute legend. She was in the birds. I I didn't know that. Yeah, she's the little girl and the birds. Oh wow! Yeah, she's. um, That was cool. 153 credits starting in. I had it before 1958. Can I just say the thing I know her from the most? Before you guys go into whatever you're about to go into, (laughs) um, was a little film from the 80s called *Flight of the Navigator*, which I oh yeah, no, I saw that on the list. Yeah. Um, and she's, uh, that's a great, I mean, it's a really interesting film. It's about this boy yeah. who kind of, I don't know if people have seen it, but he wakes up, well, he goes to get his brother, then he kind of falls down something. And then when he wakes up, it's like seven years have gone by, but he hasn't grown, but everybody yeah. else has changed. And he's got, he's like, it's great. Sarah Jessica Parker's there too, if, you, um, if you're yeah, interested in seeing her. Is she a nurse or a trainee nurse? No, she's just, she just kind of helps out the facility. So she kind of uh, comes in and it. like brings food and drink and that little weird machine. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's what I know her from. It was on, I remember it being on the on telly a lot in the eighties and nineties, and then it it's just, been on a lot recently. It was on Saturday it? on Film Four. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um, she obviously um, so yeah, there's those roles, but she had an amazing role in the film Alien, and I'm not sure. I think you may correct me on this. It's it may be apocryphal that the scene where the alien bursts out of uh, William Hurt's chest apparently none of them knew that was going to happen and her reaction is genuine yep. now i don't I know if that's actually that. true yeah, yeah I that it might true. Be they knew something was going to happen but she got right. a spray of blood directly in the face yeah yeah so, and so her yeah. kind of she doesn't she freeze and scream yep yeah, yeah and that's pretty much genuine yeah, she, um, she, she also, this is one thing that's, uh, it, it's always very little known her character Lambert she is playing a transgender uh, no way woman. I didn't know that. I did not know that. It's amazing. It's it's, it's not telegraphed at all. Like, no line of dialogue will give that away. It's on, you know, you you see their bios nearly come up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think it was just like, you know, born dot dot M. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's really How interesting. Amazing. She was also, she was in a great horror film before that as well. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. Yes, I was just going to make, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what the faculty is kind of based on, isn't it? it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So it's all connected and we know that that's what ER were thinking, even though faculty hadn't come out yet. Yeah. That's exactly what they were thinking. They knew what they were doing. I saw Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's one of the rare occasions where a remake is considered better than the original. Yes. And it is chilling and terrifying and it's properly comfortable bleak. yeah and it's got like a very young jeff goldblum uh leonard nimoy mm. just steep just brilliant um and then uh not Kiefer sutherland his dad Donald Donald. Sutherland, it's a famous yeah. meme of him pointing and pulling like a, a, a shocked face like yeah and you know Bob munches the scream oh. and it's, it's actually veronica cartwright on her own at the end isn't she she's kind of yep. running around it's san francisco isn't it San Diego. I'm going. No, I think I'm going to say San Francisco. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're right. And she's like, yeah, oh, wanna... she. Yeah, she finds Donald Sutherland. I can't remember the name. Character. <gasps> Donald, and then he goes that, oh! and it yeah. turns out he's been replaced as well. It's, chilling. Yeah, yeah. Chilling stuff. Um, she's also in Witches of Eastwick and the Eastwick TV show, uh, Supernatural, with the next person we'll mention on EHBIR. She's not in the same episode as him, but yeah, some amazing stuff. And she was born in Bristol, in England. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
his English actors are brilliant. <clears throat> yep, the next one. Uh, the next one will go for Chad Lindbergh, because um, I've just moved on. Um, as, well, I've linked it. Chad Lindbergh, as we said, he's done a lot more TV. So he was, uh, he was Ash in Supernatural for four years, which I'll say Veronica Cartwright was in much later on in this single role. Um, October Sky with, I believe, oh, like yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Gyllenhaal um, yeah. The Fast and the Furious, which is probably the, the one of the most prolific, apart from me, Star Trek, <laughs> one of the most prolific um, franchises around right now. Um, okay. And yeah. who would have thought, like, who would have ever thought that that would span as much as it's spanned like it's spawned it's just talk mad anyway a, in fairness talk about a success like it or hate it yeah it's success. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's done something uh also in terminated sarah connor chronicle sarah connor chronicles csi new york in in five episodes loads of different stuff but yeah he, you're right he's kind of seems to have done more tv oh he's uh, x files as well um i robert you i wrote hi robert you jane jesus that's the Buffy um, one, is it? That's the Buffy one. I, Robot, you, Jane. Yeah, mm. uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um, yeah, I think it's an interesting actor. I, I feel like he should, just based on this episode, I feel like he could have done more. Not like any criticism, like Isha Waitada, but he is a fine actor. Yes, yes, he is, yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's, he's, yeah, he should have done more. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. There's another point I was going to make, and I forgot it. Oh, you... Oh, me. David. Um, yeah. All okay. Oh, yes. Um, I'm going to do mine. So Archie Papillon was played by Tim Bagley. And yes. You may know him from Will and Grace, Grace and Frankie, Web Therapy. I mean, he's just in everything as well. He's just everywhere. But yeah. I saw him and I was like, yeah, I love him. And we didn't get enough of him. But um, yeah, that was I mine. Was- I was thinking he was a funny one, right? Because I went, I went and had an IMDb and um, I saw those couple of credits. But I, I remember thinking, God, I think I know him from stuff. But I think I, I know him as a yeah. side actor, as a yeah, yeah. You know, I, I couldn't turn around and say, Oh, yes, it was this film where he played this yeah. role and it was amazing. And yeah. It stuck with me forever. It's funny because Veronica Cartwright had, um, you know, I like numbers. You know, mm. so she's got 153 credits from 1958 to current. Tim Bagley has got about the same, but from like 19 to 1990s. So that's probably why he's seen in him stuff, because he's been in everything. God, it sounds like... I did say. Yeah, 155, 155 credits. I know, I know. But I'm just also like, really? Because, yeah, he's... I don't think he's had a year off since 1992. Fair so, play. Yeah. yeah, fair yeah. play. Sleep you get. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Leave some jobs for somebody yeah. else. And we're calling it. Thanks for listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget, you can find us on social media on Instagram at you set the tone pod and at set underscore pod on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And remember, you set the tone. Mm-hmm.